Welcome to the Board and DE Podcast. And now your host, Tucker. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Board and DE Podcast. It's been a minute. I know uh, we've been going hard on Twitch with, you know, DJ Big Rush, but uh, me and G decided to bring the podcast back and start doing some live broadcasts. So we actually have Dan from uh, Zip Code Wilmington. Dan, yep. you mind telling us a little bit about Zip Code Wilmington? Absolutely. So Zip Code Wilmington is a 12-week coding boot camp located in downtown Wilmington, even though we are virtual at this point. Um, but in three months, we teach our students to either become software developers, so coders, or data engineers, so the folks who take that data and analyze it. Um, and we also put a very heavy focus as well on professional development. So we don't just teach you how to code, we teach you how to write a good resume and interview and network and all of those things that are going to be really vital when it comes time to interviewing for that job at the end of those 12 weeks. Oh man, that sounds great. Like how would somebody go about um, signing up or finding out more information and and is it just for, is it for anybody? Like, can I be a 47 year old man trying to do this or a uh, 18 year old, you know, female? Can uh, you just open all ages? Yep, you just need a, uh, a minimum of a high school diploma or GED. And we've had students as young as 18 and as old as 61, I believe. Okay. Uh, the average age is 35 for our students. So most of our students do tend to be folks who are looking at a second career, but we have also, again, had folks who have come right out of high school or perhaps right out of college or maybe who didn't even finish college. Um, in terms of getting information, our website our website is zipcodewilmington.com. We are going to be opening applications for our October cohort on May 4th. So applications will be opening in just a few weeks. And you said the classes are like 12 weeks? 12 weeks, yep. 12 weeks? Oh, wow, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm out there looking for that for my personal. Because you see, <laughs> I, I put this shirt on for you today, you know. The... It's, it's perfect. I appreciate <laughs> that. You know, I, I figure when people look at the, the, the rebroadcast of this, they'll be like, oh, wow, did he really just wear this? And you definitely date yourself if you know what this is. If you know what this is, you really date yourself. What, what people don't know about DOS? You wouldn't believe, man. I guess because they don't see it. You don't see those. <laughs> right. 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 I mean, bro, we talking like kids that was born in 95 when we was using Windows 95. Uh, I don't acknowledge anybody <laughs> who was born after Biggie was Biggie died. So, like, even my own kids, I, I'm like, are you really here? Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> now, um, uh, I see that you guys are working out the mill, but you're also mm -hmm. virtual now. Yep. You know, the mill is a nice space, man. Uh, like, very Oh, I nice love the mill. Space. Love and, the mill. And every time I ever step in the mill, everybody's always so friendly, so welcoming. Everybody's real cool. And they try to give you enough coffee to have you bouncing off the walls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a real, I remember when I applied, I had heard about the mill before I applied to work at Zipcode myself. And then when I found out it was at the mill, I was so happy. It was just an added perk to be able to work there. And it is, it's such a cool co-working space. It really is. It really, it really what is. What is the mill? It's like a co-working space. Like, so if you have a small company that you don't really need, like a large facility, you just need a physical mailbox and maybe a little meeting room to meet with clients one-on-one, -on -one. the mill has the shared workspace. So there's many offices and each office is a different business and you have common areas like, you know, you have the little kitchenette common area. Then you also have conference rooms. I think you probably have to reserve them and everything where you can meet with your clients and you can basically brand your office with your company so so it's like the wind factory sort of sort of along the line similar yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but let's get back to this coding thing because right, like right, you right, know right. Uh, i think it's great what you guys are doing because i would really like to see more women and people of color doing coding see you know 
most of the time when you think of a coder or a geek, you immediately think of this white guy in one of these fancy computer chairs with all these monitors around him. You never really think about, you know, the the 35-year-old, you know, Hispanic or the 23-year-old black woman. You don't really think about that. And I think what you guys offer in a program that you just need a GED or a high school diploma to get started, and you guys do more than teach code. You help them get into the business. You help them put their resumes together and stuff. And that that alone is worth the price of admission. <laughs> Absolutely. And it, what I love, it, it's one of the benefits, one of the many benefits of being a nonprofit is that we can, we're, we're not just trying to funnel people through. We're not, we're not going to just take your tuition and funnel you through so the next cohort comes in. We can take a really holistic approach and we can take a really personalized approach. Our cohorts tend to be pretty small. So we can meet each student where they're at, regard, regardless of their background, regardless of their race, regardless of their professional or educational history, we can meet every single student where they're at and help them get to where they need to be. And like I said, it, it's very immersive in terms of in terms of the coding. You're going to be working, no lie, 80 to 100 hours a week on the coding. It's intense. It's a lot. Um, but the, the ad of, we'll help you write write your resume and will help you navigate those interview things that you don't even think about when you're interviewing the, those little tricks, those little pitfalls, the little gotcha questions that a lot of interviewers try to get you on. We help you prepare for those. Um, I actually teach an improv workshop as part of our professional development curriculum. So they, the students can focus on how they can really actively listen and stay engaged and stay in the moment. So it's really, a, I mean, I've been working in education for nearly 20 years, and by far, by far, this is the most fulfilling role I've ever had in education. Wow. Wow, that's saying a lot. Almost 20 years? Because usually mm -hmm. teachers get burned out, but you still, you know, you still got a burning passion like it's year two. Yep. And, and I love the fact that you have an improv class because I know going to an interview you know, your anxiety's up, your nerves is up and everything. And if the interviewer's job is to throw stuff at you to see what your unguarded response is, your class like that helps with that. It yep. definitely helps yeah. with that. How's yeah, it allows you... <clears throat> What's that? No, I was just asking how y'all came up with the idea to do that. I The improv? Yes. So I have an improv background. I actually perform and teach. I've been performing and teaching for about 15 years and I perform in and around Delaware as well. So it was it was funny when I interviewed for this role um, and the then executive director was looking at my resume, I didn't even think about the improv component. And she said, well, we have this professional development component of our program. Would you want to teach improv to our students? And I'm like, You'll pay me to do this? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll absolutely do that. Um, and it was it was it was a really cool forward thinking idea on her part. That's again has just become part of our curriculum because we can again help our students realize that a lot of times that that whole concept of being able to actively listen to someone allows you to even hear the little nuances of the question. And so you can make sure that the response that you give is the most authentic response you can give and that it really is addressing the question that they are asking. Um, you know, for example, one of this, one of the examples that I always give to students is if I were to ask, if I'm an interviewer and I say, if I were your supervisor and I asked you to do something in a way you disagreed with, how would you handle it is a different question than if your supervisor asked you to do something in a way you disagreed with it. How, how would you handle it? The difference is whether you're addressing the hypothetical me as your supervisor in this situation or this third person or speaking in the third person. Um, so that's, that's the idea of really introducing this. And it's just something that's unique and different that we can add and give to our students as part of their program. Wow. And I actually was on your website earlier and looking at your team, man, you guys got some heavy hitters there from... Miss Burton, the Mr. Younger, and Lossie Freeman. I almost want to say I know her, 
but I don't think it's just she just has a familiar look. And then um you got uh L Dolio Durant and a couple other people. I think there's one guy, I think Tyrell Hoxter. I may know him because we both were at Comcast for a while and everything. Yes. So I may yeah. have bumped into him and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah, like your staff like I mean what were your teammates and everything. Yeah, y'all guys are really Got got what it takes to get people out out there. I mean, I was flattered at that alone. And then one question I wanted to ask was, who came up with zip code Wilmington? Because that kind of threw me off. But then I was like, zip code? Okay, coding, I get it. (laughs) And your code in the zip, 12 weeks. Um, I believe that was, I don't know which, and I don't want to misquote. So I believe it was one of our co-founders, Ben DuPont um, or Jim Stewart that I believe came up with the name for zip code. Also, Porter Shutt is a third co-founder. So one of those three, I'm confident, came up with the name, but I don't want to misrepresent and say (laughs) this person gave it when it was this person. It was one of those three came up with the name. Cool, cool. And I was actually looking at some of your stats, too. We're like, let me see here. 450 graduates at the time I read it on the website with an estimated 30% are African-American and Latino, 30%. And no, my fault. 30% was African American and Latin, and then like 30% was women. Wow. Mm-hmm. I thought those were some good numbers. And I think, you know, the more people hear about you, I could see those numbers going up. Because yeah, I... coding is fun. Well, the little bit of coding I used to do, you know, I, I came up with HTML, Java, but then I kind of got upset because i spent so much money and time learning flash mm. only for it to die by the time i got <laughs> good at it mm. by the time i got really good at it it was on its way out the door uh, let's listen you 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 thought right mm-hmm. and you tried and you conquered <laughs> you did i will say i will say that working with flash helped me a little bit with other projects like uh after effects it helped me with adobe premiere and things like that so it wasn't a total bust but you gotta understand in the early part of 2000s flash like you you could pretty much write your own ticket you know how to do flash well that's the one thing that that's one of the cool things about coding to me right it's Mm -hmm. learning a language that can translate to other languages right so what i've and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, but I believe that like if 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 you can know how to kind of code to build software, then learning a language to do website development isn't that far off. Learning app development isn't that far off. Like there are a right. lot of things that are like American English and British English. Like like you know what I mean? Right. They're the same language. Just gotta right. move some letters around. Right. Well, even, I mean, if you, to use that same example, if you took Spanish in high school and then you took Italian, there's, there are enough similarities that you start to realize, oh, here are the, it becomes a lot easier to learn that other language once you learn the first one. And you, you nailed it exactly on the head. Coding is the same way. So our, in our software development program, our core language is Java. But once our students, they immerse themselves in Java for about six weeks, and then they start learning some other languages like Spring Boot and Angular. And like you said, it becomes easier to pick up those other languages because while there are differences, there's enough overlap and enough similarities that you can you can pick it up. And I mean, we've had students hired out of our program for a language they never learned wow. and they can pick it up right away. Um, one of the things that Chris Younger, our director of education, often says is that zip code teaches you how to learn. And so when you have that ability to absorb and really immerse yourself in the, this core language or these core languages, that ability to pick up other things just becomes so much easier. And then it becomes a marketable skill for yourself when you're coming out of the program. The fact that you know you have that ability to learn and pick things up quickly because this is all you're doing for those 12 weeks. And right about now, that is a skill that people are paying for nicely. Mm-hmm. Very nicely. Now, I know you guys got a lot of success stories. I wanna know from you, some of your personal success stories since you've been working with Zipcode. 
Yep. Um, so two immediately come to mind. The first one was we had a student who um, was from Puerto Rico and she was working in retail during the time when Hurricane Maria hit and she was supporting our family working in retail. She, when she came for the interviews, um, because we have, we have a pretty extensive interview process to get in, but when she came for the interviews, she flew up to Delaware both times for the interviews, got into the program, um, did the, moved up here, obviously, once she did it, did the full 12 weeks, first one hired out of the program and was able to take this, a much, much larger salary than she made working in retail to support her family back home. Wow. And so it, it was life-changing for her. And I, I just remember seeing, if I'm not mistaken, she may have been in the first cohort that were, that I joined zip code. And just to see that growth over those 12 weeks was phenomenal. We had another student recently who, um, worked, um, he worked in fast food, younger, probably 23, 24 years old, worked mm-hmm. in fast food. Um, you know, really just hard, hard worker. Nobody in his family ever made more than $20,000 a year. Mm, And he leaves the program, finds a job and is now helping to support his family at, in his mid early to mid twenties. Um, and again, just to see, obviously the, the financial benefit is Mm -hmm. gigantic. And, you know, from an interpersonal standpoint or a, per- a personal and professional growth standpoint, you know, these two folks stand out among a lot of the students that I've worked with, but just to see how much they've grown as people in 12 weeks, because wow. it's really hard to not go through a program like this and not be transformed because you're just so immersed in all of this. And there are a lot of ups and downs. I'm not going to sit here and say it's an easy 12 weeks. It's a, it's a really hard 12 weeks, but those are two shining examples of mm-hmm. students who prove that it's worth it um, because they are just now doing amazing things. And they're, they're now coming back and giving back to us. They're helping our students who might've experienced that imposter syndrome when they okay. were part of our program. And they're coming back and talking to the students and say, yeah, I experienced the same exact thing. This is what I did. This is what helped me. They're becoming counselors. They're becoming resources. They're become and in ad- and in addition to they're working full time in the field and they're giving back. Um, so it's just it just never ceases to amaze me. I think I'm on my tenth or eleventh cohort right now, and just to see see that transformation to see the students give back and just to see how students' lives change going through this program just never gets old yeah because if you're doing retail or fast food and you're at a 20 maybe twenty-seven thousand a year you take this course you apply yourself you you follow the direction you find your guidance even if you get an entry level coding job you're almost guaranteed to double your salary and for even if it's just entry level like or even if you got some sort of paid apprenticeship you're still going to double what you was getting hanging up clothes and dropping fries. Mm-hmm. Like right. that's, that's incredible. And, right. and, and with their backgrounds, I can imagine that they're probably two humble spirits. They got, Oh my be. gosh. They, got <laughs> they, they, I, every time I think of, again, a lot of the students, but these two in particular, I, I just, I have a soft place soft place in my heart for both of them because it's just they they did right they did good they they showed that if you can if you truly put in the work you can do amazing things and they weren't coders Mm. coming into the program most of our students are not coders um and i think that's often a mental stumbling block for anybody looking into a program like ours or any coding boot camp is I, I've never done coding, so how can I possibly do it? Or right. my career was in this, coding is not that. Mm-hmm. And what part of what we do as well is help make those connections. Like a lot of those strengths and skills you developed in retail, mm-hmm. in fast food, absolutely apply to being a coder. Do you know how to work with yeah. people? That's a huge part of it. Yeah. Because, you know, as you said before, I think there's often a stereotype of the coder 
Mm-hmm. And it's somebody who's isolated in a cubicle who doesn't interact with anybody else. And mm-hmm. it's not really what coders are. You have to work on a team. And so if you know how to work with people and you have to be able to respond to customers' needs. Right. So if you can work on a team and you have, and you have demonstrated experience of doing that and demonstrated experience of hearing what a happier, upset customer and being able to respond to their needs and make their lives better and make their lives easier, then you do have a background to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, one question I wanted to ask too was that for somebody like, like either one of them that had a job and even wanted to take coding, how do you structure your classes? Is it around somebody's schedule or they, is it night classes? Is it day classes? Is it online? Like how does somebody that's a working adult take part in this for 12 weeks without getting rid of what they use to pay their bills? The very honest answer is the ability to work full time while doing this program is impossible. This is, it's a, it's a sacrifice and and we don't sugarcoat that it's, it's a big sacrifice to do our program, which means, um, you have to have some, whether it's savings. Now we do have scholarship programs. Mm -hmm. So if a student is coming in and their household income is at or below 200% of the federal poverty line, we can waive their initial payment their initial tuition payment. Um, and we also do offer living stipends as well for students under those same categories where we can um, provide a check for $660 every two weeks for the duration of the program to help support them. Um, for students who don't qualify for that, it, it is a sacrifice. Um, and we've students, I mean, we have 450 examples of students one way or the other who did find a way to make it work. Um, and so, it's hard. It's a sacrifice. I often encourage applicants to make sure you're prepared for to make that sacrifice, even not just financially, but socially. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see friends too much <laughs> over these right. three months. Um, but if, if this is something you truly want, three the three months will fly by. And students, I tell them that, especially when they're in the midst of it, and they absolutely do not believe me. Um, until week 12 hits and then they are like, oh my gosh, that flew by. Um, but you, you do have to have a certain level of um, preparedness. Uh, you have to have some kind of safety net in place so that you are are able to put food on the table for those three months. Um, I think it's cool yeah. what you guys are offering, you know, stipends and, and scholarships and everything. But like you said, if a person's tired of their situation and they're coming to you to create a better situation. I think those people are more prone to work on, I need this to be taken care of for three months, or they may have another family member pick up the slack or something like that, or they Mm -hmm. use their savings or, you know, they, they do something because you give me three months, I can put you with the knowledge that can help change your life. Yep. You know, so, so 12 weeks is, it's a sacrifice, but I think it's a well, well worth one, you know? Absolutely. Cause either, either you lose three months learning something new or you continue to do what you're doing, which is pretty mm-hmm. much insanity. <laughs> Expecting change, you know? The, the one thing that, that it makes me think about is cause well, as y'all both know, like the jobs are changing in this world, right? Um, this country hasn't really been prepared for the jobs of tomorrow um, in a lot of ways. Coding is one of those things. Um, you know, that's that's huge in in being able to self-sustain uh, for the future, right? It's just one of those things where if you can get into it, then you'll be able to make a decent living for a long time. Um, especially, you know, if in three months, that's the sacrifice you're gonna have to take to be able to double your salary and, and, and give yourself a career versus a job. Like it just opens up those kind of doors, uh, you know, which it's ne- it's kind of necessary in this society. Yeah, cause when and you think t- about us, uh, us in the United States, we were more blue collar. Yep. It was more hands-on. Like you had to have a trade, you had to have some sort of 
mechanical skill set, to fix a car, to fix a, a pipe, to fix electricity, which are still good paying jobs by all means, but no one really steps to a child and say, you should start coding, mm -hmm. you know? That's true. They, they don't offer it enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it needs to be offered more and, and much younger. For sure. Now, we have recently launched a high school program called Blue Note, where we are working with some of the local high schools mm -hmm. to teach coding um, to high schoolers. Um, you know, in the future, I would love to see that go even younger and younger because it's, like you said, it's not going anywhere. It's just going to keep growing. It's just going to keep getting bigger. Right. Um, and it's, I mean, you know, I was joking with somebody the other day. I, I was like, Remember even five years ago, the thought, you know, hailing or calling a cab or hailing a cab. Now you just say Uber, like everything is Uber and that's all coding and coding is all about solving problems. Any app that you have, whether it's a game or just something functional, so to speak, it's about problem solving um, and filling some kind of need or void that's not there. You're right, because coding opens so many doors. When you, I just sit here and think about it, what we're doing now, somebody had to code the software for us to do it. And coding does, just doesn't mean you can go work for some Fortune 500 company. You could work for your nation. You could work for the government writing code, you know, because some of our biggest threats are cyber-based. So if you know how to code, and you have this adapted attitude that you could learn other things, your value may be with the government. And we all right. know how them pensions look. That's a fact. <laughs> Only place is still look. offering pensions. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you spent 25 years with the government, you good. <laughs> but what's crazy about you saying that mm -hmm. is it's actually right now, we are probably using at least four minimum coded things to do this right right you're talking about the software to record the stream twitch which we're actually on mm -hmm. uh the web browser itself mm -hmm. and windows yeah so like just to make this happen took four teams of coders mm -hmm. right and and that's not including the team that gets paid for upkeep and maintenance because that's a whole nother right. check <laughs> Well, and even think about this. I mean, as crazy and awful as this pandemic has been, for those of us who have been lucky to work for, from home, Zoom, mm -hmm. just video conferencing in general, Slack, all the communication tools we have. If this pandemic hit 10, 15 years ago, who knows? You know, it, it's and that's all because of coding. And that's just, again, continuing to grow. Yeah. And I think if anything, the pandemic has shined a light on there's more we need to do. Mm -hmm. There are more right. opportunities. You, you were so right about that because this pandemic changed everything up. Um, everything. Like, I, for one, didn't think I was going to like working from home. I was like, home mm -hmm. needs to be home. But now... I don't really see myself going back to the office. Maybe if it was a mandatory meeting or some face-to-face -face training, but now I love working at home. Yeah, because you don't really like none of the people that much anyway. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, about to get sprayed with this icy hot. <laughs> Listen, I'm joking. He love y'all if he still talk to you. <laughs> Man. But yeah, we could, we could go on for days about coding and think about stuff like our cars, yep, our TVs, even the content you sit in front of the TV to watch. A coder had something to do with that content coming from the provider to you. Mm -hmm. It's it's all over. It's, it's all around us. So I think what you guys are doing is great to get people involved, and I'm definitely going to share this with you know, some younger people and, and even some that's, you know, my age or older and be like, look, you can faction out 12, you know, 12 weeks to go hardcore doing, you know, 80 to a hundred dollars, a hundred hours a week doing some coding. You could possibly change your life. 
and make you look at things from a whole different perspective. Because I know when I started designing websites and things of that sort, I was nitpicking about everything. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, they can, this can go so much faster if they reduce this file size or if they use this versus this. So, and I, and I used to love doing web pages. I mean, I still do them, but I just don't hire myself, but I, I still love it. So the things you guys are doing, man, it's next level. I might have to look at my schedule and see if I can carve <laughs> out three months. You ain't got, you, you ain't got three months. Well, she back to work. You she, she don't work. have three months. I, well, I can figure it out. For some reason, why, why do you think I'm asking you? I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. <laughs> You're telling me I don't have three months? We here Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, and we doing it. You don't have three months. And those co-workers you don't see still work somewhere with you. So guess what? You don't have three months. It was wishful thinking. Sorry, Dan. It was just really wishful thinking. Really I was waiting was. for your application. I was hoping. It really was. Yeah, I, Dan, I don't want to do that to you. <laughs> don't want to waste your time, but <laughs> oh man! But yeah. and the one See, thing I, I do want to mention my dreams. It's, it's okay. You have others. So um, <laughs> 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 the one thing I want to say is about this as well is like because of the modern era, the face of coding is changing too. That's another thing, right? Tuck, when you said it, like the the picture of what a coder is, one of the first things you said was, you know, it was like a thought of a computer geek, right? That mm -hmm. screech from, say, by the bell guy, right? Mm -hmm. But that's not what this is anymore, especially right. in a world with laptops and and, and tablets. You can, in, in the amount of money that somebody can get, you can have all the sauce and be fly. You could be cool, like you you can be yeah. that guy and still be coding, especially because a lot of it you can do from anywhere. Right, it's virtual. You can, I can, I can be. You know, you want to be in San Tropez, hmm? mm -hmm. huh? With, with the with the laptop, you know, taking away. <laughs> You're able to do that, right? It, it affords those things that doesn't look like what that quote unquote geek used to look like. You know, as long as people can get past the fear of something they don't know and and, and learning something new. Now, I will say yeah. this: the thing about being the geek. You know, when, when you, when I, when I was coming up in the eighties, being the geek wasn't a cool thing. Right. Somewhere along the line, I would say maybe the early two thousands yeah. when a new gimmick is needed, you start having the very, very pretty people, you know, the ones that just are pretty now they're claiming geek status. I don't remember you playing Dungeons and Dragons with the octagon dice. You didn't play Zork one. You didn't play none of them Infocom games. You they gotta qualify. They don't qualify. Yeah. You, didn't play, you, didn't, you didn't play Jump Man on the Commodore 64. They go through the rigorous training of being a geek. With the dot matrix printer. And your parents getting mad cause the printer's so loud. It's like, let me know when you print something like that. We worked hard for this status. <laughs> and and now here's the amazing thing. Huh. I did every single one of those things you just talked about. <laughs> I, I played the Zork trilogy. I didn't Same play here. just Zork 1. I did mm -hmm. Zork 1, 2, and 3. Mm -hmm. The okay. Wizard of Frabas. <laughs> <laughs> I played <Yep>. Enchanter. <laughs> Stuff like that. Wait. Like, you don't know. Okay. No, because they came in off of World of Warcraft. Mm -hmm. Right? World of Warcraft, you had a little bit more room. Okay. <laughs> Hey Dan, as you can see, we go back and forth at it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> give those geeks a shot, man. Listen, yeah, hey, but it's it's a beautiful thing because now geeks are accepted, and with it being accepted, we can possibly work towards getting rid of the stereotype of thinking that it's some sort of isolation. Because, like Dan said, it's a team. No one program that we're using or we engage with was one person. Now, one person might spearhead the project, but he's got dozens of people underneath him mm -hmm. or behind him helping him with that. And sometimes we get, you know, we get all, you know, confused because we hear Bill Gates. Yeah, Bill Gates started Windows and stuff, but you think Windows would be where it's at if it was just Bill Gates? 
Bill Gates hires people smarter than Bill Gates mm-hmm. in coding to code his product. That's a fact. Just like, you know, Bezos. Yeah. Cuz the coder for the the coding for Amazon hmm. Prime, listen, in order for me to get my delivery same day. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't realize Amazon is much bigger yes. than most people think yes, it's huge. because a lot of software and internet applications run on their backbone run mm-hmm. on Amazon yep. run on the backbone so people think Amazon storefront but Amazon got a whole plethora of services that is servicing the web that's adding to his income yep. very true and all that's done by coders yep and like you said 10 years 10 15 years ago the hail a taxi you might have to stand out in the busy intersection or you might have to pull out the yellow pages, which we don't have anymore. Right. Because of coding. Coding came around <laughs> and you could do everything with this. Yeah. Like people are making whole movies off this and a coder made that possible. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to do you one better. Right. Mm-hmm. To your previous point. Mm-hmm. In New York, it's notorious that somebody who looked like me could not hail a cab. Mm-hmm. But thanks to coding... I got Uber. <laughs> I think I think we all have horror stories about cabs because I just seen a cab held. I held the cab. It stopped for me, but seeing somebody that was less threatening, <laughs> he moved right down. Like, nah. like I'm hands on the like, door and everything. Like, oh man, it's like that. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Oh man, <laughs> but now. When the pandemic hit and you guys had to, you know, give space and start working from home, were there any classes held or going on during the pandemic? And how did you guys work to resolve that without having people lose too much time within that 12 weeks? Yeah, we switched mid cohort. Um, and, and actually that was the first, so we've had our software development, which is our coding cohort for coming up on six years. That was our first time we had our new program, which is what, which was our data engineering program. So we had two cohorts going on around the same time, but they started within a few weeks of each other. And then I remember what was it? March 11th, March 12th, whatever that Friday was, we were in person that next Monday we were online. And I mean, we were putting up. Thankfully, Disa, our executive director, had the foresight to realize that this probably was going to last longer than 10 days because we all assumed, oh, we just stay home for two weeks and we're fine. <laughs> she knew it was going to be longer than that. <laughs> um, so we started to put it the plans in place to make sure we had Zoom accounts and make sure we had the infrastructure in place. But yeah, I mean, we we switched within two to three days and have been online ever since. And it was... It was a challenge, I think, just like it's been for anybody. But I think just like a lot of other companies, we've surprised ourselves in terms of how well it's gone online because we've always prided ourselves on being an in-person program. I mean, when anybody would say to us, do you have any consideration to being online? We would just say, no, this is what we do. And now that we've done it online for a year, we're like, well... Maybe. And, and I don't know. I, I mean, our plan for October is, knock on wood, hopefully be back in person or at least have some in-person component to it. But yeah, I mean, there were challenges. But again, like we were saying before, it made us reevaluate the, the ways we've done some things. And I think as we've done that, it's definitely been, we, we've done a lot of things better than I think we even did in person. I think one of the challenges we didn't anticipate as well, which we've now really started to compensate for was, you know, when you're in person and we're all, all the students are in the same room, pretty much. If you're struggling, which our students do, it's a tough program. You could turn around, you could turn your chair around and see 20 other people sharing in your struggle. So you knew you weren't alone. And right. so and it was very easy to find some camaraderie or find somebody who was getting it and just walk over to the other side of the room and, and commiserate. What I think we didn't realize was once the zoom camera goes off and if you're feeling it up here, you don't have that same level of easy access and easy connection mm-hmm. to be able to just grab somebody and talk. Um, so we've, that's forced us to be much more proactive 
to make sure we're checking in with our students regularly to see how they're doing. We, we bring in more alums to, cause we all, we do have alumni sessions where they're talking about again, interviewing and even coding, but we're starting to bring in alums just to say, yeah, this is the sucky part. Here's how you get through it. Um, so try and to, again, make the students realize or help the students realize that they're not alone in this and trying to find more opportunities. Like now we use discord all the time, mm -hmm. which is a way for the students to connect even more than they were before. Um, and so I think the, that social aspect has probably been an even bigger, has been a much bigger challenge than necessarily the education or the training aspect. But again, we're just constantly trying to find new ways to, to make sure that what we're doing is as good as we can possibly make it and then just make it even better after that. Man, that's, that's what's up. Because, man, I was just sitting here thinking, kind of mad at you because you kind of squashed my dreams, but I wouldn't mind taking the code and class. I might have to, I might have to use lynda.com, you know. Right. LinkedIn learning, LinkedIn, right? Yeah, hope we know the company bought um, LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah, so. So it was LinkedIn so we, learning now. We get access to all that. They got rid of LinkedIn. They don't even yeah. know her no more. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, Dan, answer this. I'm a guy, 32 years old, just got laid off from my job. I hear about your program, but I'm not good at coding. I can maintain myself for three months. So as far as financial unemployment got me on that, but I don't have a computer. So do you guys offer computers or do you have like some sort of discount? If I go to a Dell or HPU or whatever, how do you guys handle that? Cause I know a lot of people might not jump on board because they don't actually have a computer or they think they need this massive alienware type computer to do some coding. Like how do you guys, um, comfort them on that and help them out with that? We, we give you a laptop as part of your tuition cost for, for the duration of the program. And even a little bit beyond typically about three to four weeks after the program. Now, this is the part that sometimes scares people. We give you a MacBook. Some right. students hear Mac and they're like, wait, I got to work with a MacBook. There are a couple of reasons for that. A, it's, it's a preference of Chris Younger because he actually used to work with Steve Jobs. Mm -hmm. So he, he has some familiarity with, with MacBooks and Apples in general, but it's also the mindset of if you've never worked with a Mac before, and now you are working with a Mac, when you get hired out of the program, you can do either one. The hardware is not going to matter. Mm -hmm. You're going to be able to code on no matter what device you're given or what laptop or computer you're given, you're given, you're going to be able to code. Um, so yeah, the students are given a MacBook Pro for the duration of the program. And like I said, we often allow the students to keep it for three to four weeks afterwards. So they can transfer any projects that they've done onto their own personal computer. And a lot of times, a lot of their resume work and things that they've done on there stayed on there. So we want to make sure we give them as much time as possible to be able to get everything they need before they turn the computers back in. But yeah, that's all included in the tuition cost. Well, actually just looking at Mr. Younger's bio, if he wants us to work with Max, we're going to work with Max. I, know, I mean, right. you're talking about <laughs> the guy worked with Sun Microsoft Systems, mm -hmm. Next, Netscape. Yep. Before Bigger, you don't know what Netscape is. That's you know, uh, you know, he, he was a, uh, Computer scientist. He looks like he got out of Purdue in '84. He's writing web apps, mobile apps. So if he says learn on the Mac and you can do everything, that's what we're gonna do. We, they call him King Coder in the South. King Coder. That's that's his nickname. King yeah, Coder. I, I don't know him like that, but that's what they call him. <laughs> King Coder in the South. <laughs> All right, Dan. Before we go, uh, tell people what they need to know to find out about zip code Wilmington, the website, the phone number, uh, any type thing they need to get started or get in contact with you or your team to make that life change. 
great. So you can go to our website, which is zipcodewilmington.com. Um, if you go to the homepage right now, you'll just see a splash screen that says applications will be opening on May 4th. When you go back on May 4th, you'll see the application will open. Um, we do offer monthly admission sessions. Our next one will be Wednesday, May 12th, and we'll be posting that information shortly to register for that. That will be at 6.30 p.m. That um, it will be virtual and that will allow you to learn soup to nuts about the entire program. Um, if you want to contact me directly, the best way to do so is to just send an email to admissions at zipcodewilmington.com. And you can also follow us on all social, me social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Um, we do often periodically, or we do periodically post updates, particularly when application deadlines are coming up. Um, in terms of the admissions process, what I would recommend to everybody, if this is something you are interested in, there is there are several steps to the process. There is a coding assessment, there is a group interview, and there are final interviews. If you've never touched coding before, go to our website and you'll find a resources section. Our coding assessment is based on JavaScript, and we also do have an algebra, pre-algebra, algebra one component as well. All of those resources are free. Start studying JavaScript now. We have a free ebook, which was written by Chris Younger, um, and a website where you can actually start practicing code in preparation for that assessment. Um, and for that assessment, we're not looking for perfection. We're not looking for coding expertise. We are looking for a baseline coding aptitude, but we're confident that if you go through those resources, that will be able to help you a lot. Um, but again, feel free to go to our website, contact me at admissions at zipcodewilmington.com if you do have any questions. Um, I do frequently set up Zoom calls, so if anybody wants to set up a time with me, just send me an email and we'll, um, we can chat. We can chat as much as you want. You can pick my brain, ask me anything you want about our programs. Sweet. Oh, man, thank you for that. Cause I'm definitely going to share this. We're definitely going to share this and you know, we have the audio version that we'll have out and that's available where you listen to the podcast anywhere, whether it's Pandora, Spotify, Apple, you know, Google play, whatever, you know, we're pretty much all over, but I really wanted you to get that information out because I got a feeling somebody's going to hear or see this and maybe make that change, you know, because if, if you're willing to put in the hard work and have some patience, you can definitely make a life change within 12 weeks. Very true. 12 weeks. And like I said, if yeah, he, he wants us to do it on the Mac, we're going to do it on the, the Mac. Mac. That's a, listen, now, absolutely. Now you just said you give them the max for the class and then maybe a couple weeks after, but they have to, you know, surrender them after graduation or at the end of the program and everything. Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. Well, yep. hopefully by then you have enough money to buy your own Mac. I think that's the point. <laughs> so the new job. That's absolutely the point for sure. Buy your own Mac. Well, Dan, thank you for bearing with us to watch technical difficulties and everything. I, I, this is great. I'm glad this happened. And like I said, I wore this for you, bro. I wore this for you. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> I wore it for you too, G. No, you didn't. So, um, <laughs> wait, am I going to do my thing? Am I going to do my thing? <sighs> yeah, what we, what we like to do, we end every broadcast with G doing, you know, an uh, improv. An improv, right? I was thinking about yeah. that. Like, he, he does improv. I do improv. <laughs> with poetry, huh? so. <laughs> we gave shine the light on him. What word did you want to use? Because it's just the three of us. Well, no, well, actually, so Dan, I'm gonna ask you. I, I can do a, uh, I do spoken word about anything. Like I can do a poem about anything. So I can either do one purely with the name with the word zip code, or you can give me a word. Um, let's say, you know what? Because so much about zip code is about transformation. Let's say change. Okay. All right, so, uh, so you ready, G Dash? Yeah, man, it's like <laughs> okay, it's all you, baby. All right, let's go. All right, so <laughs> G Dash, by the way, day by day, volume one coming soon. All right, so here's the thing. I'm thinking for some reason I know I need to be different, but I'm not trying to change my 
you know, ways to find a new experience. I'm not trying to go through what I have to go through truthfully so my brain can be expanded. No, no, no. Most of us want to stay convenient. Most of us want to make sure that we can live in the same place that we've always lived just as long as we don't have to remove that for fear that it takes to jump off that ridge. See, I get it right i see the gap but it's gonna take too much work you know to find that bridge well i'm sorry from wherever you live in order to change that mind state in order to achieve more you can't just accept being complacent and knowing that the change is there you choose to ignore otherwise you'll be stagnant and when you start to be stagnant well you'll live in the past where dragnet sits but you probably ain't watched that show so instead you'll get mashed by this let me move on for a second <laughs> let me tell you how obviously for those who stay in the same place too long they wind up being mad that the world is still moving along and they're trying to figure out why they can't transform is it me no because i understand it change is demanded it's not something that we can just say well i don't have to because the second you say that please understand the world will move past you see it's going to spin regardless of you we don't have to change if we don't want to but i guarantee eventually you'll be mad at the fact that that's not what you did do right now you can't understand the language because they've coded it past you now you've been outwritten and all of a sudden you don't understand why you can't be committed to the same life that everyone else is living if you chose not to have a smartphone because you wanted to live where it was flipping now you mad because those same dynamics are missing <laughs> i'm sorry but guess what we in 2021 in 1989 ain't coming back aside from some social structures that i'll leave that commentary missing i hope you're listening okay because <laughs> all i'm saying is changing them inevitable whether you choose to accept well all right nice, nice. Way to wrap things up brother Thank nice thing Dan, again, I appreciate you taking time on this beautiful day to, to chat with these two knuckleheads <laughs> and everything. <laughs> and I hope this broadcast can bring some new faces to your program because what you guys are doing are, is really great. And we definitely need more minorities. We need more women. We need more people locally to get into coding and see that it's no longer an isolation thing coding with with a team you you, you it's like family mm -hmm. it's like family because you're gonna learn so much and you can feed off one another it's a beautiful thing so definitely definitely uh check out www.zipcodewomanton.com all the information you need is on the front page when they open up for applications, you'll see that on the front page. Definitely take advantage of what they have to offer. And until next time, I'm your man Tuck. That's G Dash. This is Borden DE. As always, check out the site, BordenDE.com. On social media, everything is Borden at DD. Borden DE. I said Borden TE. <laughs> Borden DE. And until next time, we catch up with you guys. You guys have a great day. Thank you, guys. Thank you.